This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Peter Klein on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome in to the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. It's Logan Gordon and Peter Klein along with you for another edition of Sportsnet today. Hope you enjoyed the Blue Jays. Hope you enjoyed the Blue Jays oh, and the Nationals. I would have just kept rolling with it. I thought that was a clever play on words. Yeah, I wish I was that smart, but we all know I'm really not. Um, <laughs> Jays pick up a series win over the Nats. Thanks to an outstanding win from Chris Bassett. Eight innings strong, just three hits given up on the night and uh, salvaging what could have been disaster after last night's uh, loss to the Nationals. They're still able to take two of three, but uh, probably lamenting the fact that it could have been a three-for-three series against the uh, lowly Washington Nationals. We're We're alongside our outstanding producers this afternoon, Azam and Taylor. We've got the fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. 960, we're here for the next two hours. We will dive into the Jays and the Nationals coming up a little bit later on today. We've also got a Stamps report with Matty Rose as we inch closer to Labor Day weekend in the CFL. Stamps preparing for a blackout at McMahon Stadium Ooh. against the Elks. So looking forward to that. We'll get the latest from Stamps practice from Matty Rose. And it's the return. You know NFL season's close. The return of Ask. Andy, Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, is here to help you ahead of your fantasy draft. We'll talk lots of NFL with Andy coming up later this hour, but I would recommend if you have fantasy football questions for Andy, get them in now, 960-960, because when they start coming in fast and furious, we're only going to be able to get to so many when we've got Andy on the air. So again, Ask Andy is back. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, is coming up later this hour. You don't want to miss him. If you've got fantasy football questions to get to, 960-960. That's the fan feedback line. That's where we'll go for Ask Andy a little bit later on today. But uh, starting off this Wednesday edition, PK, how are we today? Doing well. Uh, I said that my mood was going to be dictated on how the the last two Blue Jays games went. Well, uh, 50-50. (laughs) I'm I'm doing doing okay. But uh, no, it's a kind of dreary-ish day here in in downtown Calgary. Was not excited to walk through the rain, but excited to be here chatting sports with you over the next couple of hours. Uh, Same here, pal. And uh, we're going to start off with a local story. This is an interesting one. Not excited about this. Yeah, few are, and I can understand why. Uh, just south of us today in Lethbridge. News started to break last night uh, around this that former Calgary Flames head coach Bill Peters would be hired as the next head coach of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. That was made official today in a stunning move to many that uh, this is the first time uh, back in North America for Bill Peters since November 2019 coaching uh, when he resigned from the Calgary Flames after revelations surfaced of his anti-black racial abuse of Akima Lou when they were both in the American Hockey League with the Rockford Ice Hogs back in 09 and 2010. There's been a lot uh, said since the news came out, PK, but let's start uh, today in Lethbridge when the Hurricanes officially announced Bill Peters at a press conference and we got our initial comments from Bill 
uh, as the announcement was uh, was made in Lethbridge earlier this afternoon. Uh, every decision that has been made over that time has been player first based, uh, and this decision today is is uh, no different. Uh, this decision isn't certainly a, a knee jerk. Uh, decision because Brent Tissio left late in the summer. This is a decision that, uh, you know, I've known Bill for uh, a long time and, and I've kept in contact with him for over the last couple of years to see how his growth and development as a person has, has gone. So without further ado, uh, today we are pleased to announce Bill Peters as the 15th head coach of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Bill brings a high level of experience having coached professionally in the AHL and the NHL. His previous time in the WHL, which includes a Memorial Cup championship in 2008, along with the experience of coaching the Lethbridge Pronghorns here in Lethbridge, put him at the top of our candidate list. In addition, we'll have a major impact on our team our players, and our coaches' development. Bill will continue his personal growth, entering a formal agreement with the WHL, Hurricanes, and Shades of Humanity to undergo continued diversity and equity training for the next two years. Continued community work will also be a big part of the agreement. I've known Bill for many years, as I mentioned, and along with our staff and players, are very excited to add Bill to our staff and continue to build upon the foundation that Brent Kissio built here for the last eight years. So without further ado, uh, I would like to introduce our new head coach, Bill Peters. Good morning. Uh, start off, this is gonna hit hard. I knew it was good enough. Took him. Should we? I apologize. I now recognize the impact of my words. I was uneducated in my use of inappropriate language. And I take ownership of my actions and regret my choice of words. I failed to create. I failed to create a safe place for Akeem. And I'm deeply sorry. I'm humbled about the opportunity to return to coaching in the Western Hockey League and with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. It is a first-class organization and a world-class league. There's a comfort level with the city of Lethbridge as I was here previously in my coaching career for three years. Quality of the people in both the city and the organization was very appealing to me. I've known Peter for 20 plus years and I'm honored to work with him and the rest of the coaching staff and the board. I look forward to achieving our off-ice and as importantly and more importantly our off-ice goals. First voice you heard was that of Lethbridge Hurricane General Manager Peter Anhold followed by a teary-eyed Bill Peters 
uh, with his initial statement at the press conference today. Um, I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel about this, uh, PK. Uh, Akeem Alou has mentioned since this news came out that a current NHL head coach reached out to him last week to try to broker an apology on behalf of Bill Peters. Uh, Akeem on Twitter released uh, his statement saying that there's no ambiguity. So there's no ambiguity. This was his response verbatim. Um, uh, Akeem, you know, essentially saying, I appreciate you reaching out, trying to mend the situation. Um, I don't, he didn't feel he had anything to say to Bill. It's been 13 years since the incident happened, four years since it became public. And like most people, uh, Akeem Alou, curious as to why now Bill Peters would want to reach out for an apology. Uh, that's something that Bill was asked about at the press conference today and uh, regarding the timing of why now he would want to reach out to Akeem Alou about an apology. He said that, you know, it, it took until this past week to reach out now. Is that accurate? Well, I haven't been able to talk to Akeem personally, and I'd look forward to the day that we're able to do that. And in order to make a, a proper apology, and I'm, you know, the, you have to be educated enough to do that. So with the work I've done through Shades of Humanity and also through Cornell Online, I, I'm more comfortable speaking in the DEI space. And then now it's evolved to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So much more educated in that regard. So more comfortable trying to craft an apology and to have that conversation. Okay. Four oh, years has passed. Just it could have been done earlier. Well, I'll, yeah. You know what, though? I didn't, uh, work with Shades of Humanity, to be 100% honest with you. I still have some some work to do with a, a, ther- a psychotherapist. I'm going to be 100% full disclosure. So you, you have to be ready and be able to have a heartfelt apology, right? And, and be genuine and come from a place of knowledge, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I've had enough of this. You don't need to do like, I, congratulations for doing all of that work. Uh, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So, uh, great on you for, for putting in all of that work. I hope what you are saying is genuine. It does ring very hollow. You don't have to do all of that work to make an apology here. I'll do it now. Hey, sorry that I said those things and then tried to ruin your life can say that whenever you don't need months and years of counseling to be able to say that now they're obviously obviously was a boatload of personal growth that needed to happen. And I I am happy that he admits that it still needs to happen. Um, But to only reach out to Akeem Alou uh, days before or a week before you're, you're about to, to get this, it it just rings so hollow and spare me the, well, I I had more learning to do. So it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I I had these beliefs until like a week ago. And now it's all figured out. Like I just, I do not buy it for one second. Um, Again, I genuinely hope that everything he is saying is true and that he he is genuinely remorseful and that he is doing all of this work and, and all of these things. But to not reach out to this guy after what you did and seeing the repercussions of it, to not reach out until you have another opportunity to coach is just the biggest load of garbage. Yeah, here's what I'll say about this. You tell me that you, Bill Peters needed, is he telling us that he needed all of this work with Shades of Humanity and the Cornell group and all of this to finally come to the understanding that what he did was wrong and that's why there hasn't been an apology? Because that's what it sounds like. 
mm-hmm. is that he's putting it. Well, I haven't had the training, so I wouldn't have known what to say. Or and you say, I'm you sorry. Didn't no, you didn't know that it was wrong. Uh, I, I guess you didn't know it was wrong when it happened, or else, God forbid, you shouldn't have done it. But you didn't. Uh, when this became public four years and it cost you your NHL future and it let you go to Russia for a year and whatever else, you didn't start to put the pieces together that it was wrong then. Only now that you've worked with Shades of Humanity has it occurred to you that it's, it was the wrong thing to do at the time. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, again, I'm with you. I hope it's legitimate. I really do. I, I just, some of the words and the phrasing that he uses and all of it, uh, the tears of it, I mean, come on, man. You're, this was uh, 13 years ago, as Akeem said. It was four years ago that it was public, and, and you start the thing off crying and, you know, you got the, the the frog in your throat because you can't get it out. And I'm not saying that that he doesn't deserve second chances. People have done worse things than what Bill Peters did and been given second chances in life, in sports, in every aspect. But I think you have to earn second chances. Yeah. And the fact that you haven't gone out and at least made the basic steps of humanity, which is going to the person that you wronged. And and don't give me this this absolute garbage that he reached out through another head coach. Akimalu's not hard to get a hold of. No, I can reach out to him now. Absolutely. You know, like, Why do you feel like you need to go on through somebody else and, and talk to him? Is it not as simple as, hey, Akeem, look, I, I, I've gone through some stuff. I feel like I need to make an apology to you. I don't, I don't understand why you have to go through another person to do that. And again, he can have a second chance. I have no problem with that. But you have to earn that. You, you don't just yeah. be given this. For, for nothing. And, and the text, uh, way to pile on a guy that's trying. Trying? He hasn't done the, the bare minimum yet. The basic thing to try to do is apologize to somebody. Yeah. He, uh, he needed 13 months of, of shades of humanity. If that's true, how far down the rabbit hole was Bill Peters if he needed 12 months of, uh, of, of diversity training to tell him that what he said was wrong? Mm-hmm. Or that he even needed to apologize. Like that again. The apology is the absolute basic whatever that that you put out there, right? It, the first step is, "Hey, I'm sorry," and then after that, you work on all of the other stuff that you clearly need a lot of work on. So uh, again, all of it just rings so hollow. I hope, hope I'm wrong. Hope he has absolutely turned over a new leaf and has a, an entirely new way of looking at the world. But I'm I am surprised that um, the the Lethbridge Hurricanes and the WHL have been like, "Hey." Have you reached out to him and apologized at all? No? All right. Well, um, maybe come back when you have. Hey? Like, let's let, let, let's check that, off. Doesn't that not feel like step one? Let's check off a couple of boxes else? here before we say, oh, well, now it's time for redemption for the, this man. And by, neither myself or Peter Klein are admonishing him for going out and getting the help. That's, no, that's I'm, I'm very step. happy. And I, I genuinely, genuinely hope that he is taking that help seriously and that he is growing as a person. But... You have to look at it from from both sides here, and I, I just I don't believe in the coincidence of timing no. that a week out your apology starts to, as soon as you would essentially think that he started having the serious conversations about Bill P about his contract with the Lethbridge Hurricanes and what it would take for him to come back. That then he tries. It's just I, I've had a lot of ironic things happen in my life, and I can guarantee you. That's not coincidence. That's no. just, it's just, it's a poor timing thing. And he, it, why now that you're going to be back in the spotlight, have you reached out? Why, 
why not during your time in Russia or in the uh, the junior hockey league that you were doing? I can't remember um, up north that he was working on. But why? Why when you were quietly in the spot did you not try to reach out? Yeah, it just it doesn't add up to me. And look, again, thousand time, I hope he's doing the right thing here. I hope that this is him learning and growing as a person. But there are hurdles here that I think you have to take. There are basic steps. I would have liked the Lethbridge Hurricanes and the WHL to have said, look, once you do this, then we'll start to have the conversation. And to me, he still hasn't passed the basic one. No. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's, it is it is disappointing all around when you hear that and you, you seem the, uh, see the uh, Akimalu, um statement uh, from uh, – he, he sent it out last night in kind of anticipation – uh, of this happening, like, hey, just so everything is clear on this, that this is what happened. It was so disappointing to see that the the, the very first step has has not been made, and then disappointing that that was still enough for for someone to get uh, a second chance in a prominent league like the Western Hockey League. And, and from a, a player perspective, I'm curious. We heard Peter Anhold say there, players and the coaches in this organization are excited to bring Bill Peters in. I'm genuinely curious how players see this, mm-hmm. how even at a junior hockey league level, I'm curious how, how they're going to view this and, and how it's going to be construed there. Because from a, just a simple hiring perspective, I don't, it seems like this came on really fast and I just, I, I don't know that the entire organization is going to necessarily jump on board and, and everyone's going to want to set sail with Bill Peters down this new road he's taking. Yeah, I and it's it's such a I don't want to say uniquely hockey thing, but like if if you or I said what he said, we'd never have a job in this industry again. No, you know, um, if, if uh, James over at the courthouse would never have a job over there again, someone working over at Holt Renfrew down the way uh, said that would never have a job there again. Um, like, th- this is working in this industry, in, in the industry that he is working in and coaching, and having young lives kind of in your hands is an absolute privilege. It is not a right. And it is a privilege that you get to earn through your actions. And his actions have not got there um, yet. And and someone bringing up on the text line, and uh, rightfully so, um, while the, the, the racism to uh, Akima Lu was, like, the, like, number one... For, for this, there was also kicking and hitting of players with, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, this is just a yep. dude who was just a bad dude um, and arrogant. <laughs> um, and uh, he is not someone that, that I would want around my organization, even even a little bit. Uh, also, he hasn't had a whole lot of success recently. No. <laughs> like, to, to, not to put all of the stuff aside, um, but. He, uh, two years in Russia at a place I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Um, he won exactly one playoff game. He was about to be fired by the Flames anyway. If you recall, um, and that was, there was a lot going on for me at that time when, when all this was going on. But um, if, um, if you will recall, the like week before all of that went down, um, Brad Living had to come out and say, hey, we're not firing Bill Peters because the team sucked and everyone wanted him gone. Yeah. So like this is this is not a guy who has had the, this sterling record 
Um, he, he has ridden off of this reputation of being like the hockey, hockey culture guy, which if you look deeper into it, yeah, he kind of is, but not in the way that people want him to, to necessarily to who say that necessarily want him to be. He has had no success. He has shown minimal aside from today, shown minimal remorse for any of his actions. And because of this, I don't I don't know why you're rushing to give this guy a second chance. I, I just I genuinely don't see it from any perspective. The, the last thing on this, because I wish uh, the text, I, the text line I'm not even going to get into because there's just, there's too much. We're, we're so woke. I, I, the last time I checked being a decent person and being woke. But anyways, the thing that, that I'm not going to say bothers me most because that's not it. But the one thing that's, that's been brought up a lot that I haven't heard an answer to is who were the other candidates? Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was nobody else. There wasn't another junior coach. There wasn't somebody uh, in the AHL that you were considering. It sure seems like this is a guy that knew Bill Peters and was ready to give Bill an opportunity. And it just so happens it works out well that he needs to rebuild his reputation. And this is how it's going to go. And they're going to to run with it like that because I didn't see any other organizations piling down the door of Bill Peters to bring him back in. You're right. It's also a uniquely hockey thing to retread a coach. Yeah. Why would I trust somebody new and, and unproven? I can just go back to somebody that's been there uh, again and again and again. Yeah. No. Despite like the- misgivings and everything else that's happened. And yes, by the way, to the four or five of you that, yes, it has been verified by teammates and members of the Rockford staff that these words were said. So, yeah, the that whole thing with the flames. Not he wasn't shed, a- sea shed uh, on this one. Good. Uh, nice try, though. Yeah, that, that whole thing with the Flames wouldn't have gone down the way it did if that, that was not an actual thing that, that actually happened. Um, but no, like, again, Bill Peters says that there has been a lot of personal growth and that, that he is growing, and I, I certainly hope so, because the Bill, Bill Peters that we are finding out from before uh, was, quite frankly, a pathetic, arrogant jerk, and I would want no... The, the fact that I was in the same city as him was disgusting. So, um, and also, like I said, kind of sucked at his job for the last little while. So, uh Again, hope you're hope all of this is genuine. Hope those tears were real. Hope that a very, very coincidentally timed um, uh, apology attempt to Akimalu what was legitimate. Hope everything you are saying is true. Still doesn't change the fact you don't deserve this. For now, I can't say it any better, and I won't. Uh, he's Peter Klein. I'm Logan Gordon. This is Sportsnet today. Coming up next, Andy McNamara. We're going to change the tune over to football. If you're a fantasy football player, you've likely either drafted already or you've got a draft coming up ahead of week one of the NFL kicking off next Thursday. So let's get to it. It's our first edition of Ask Andy for the 2023-2024 NFL season. If you have fantasy football questions, get them in to 960-960. Andy McNamara joins us next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Thursday, September 7th. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions kicking off the NFL regular season. Eight days away, PK. Eight man, sweet long days away. It feels so close, but yet so far. So close, but so we only had to deal with three weeks of preseason, so that was good. We've got CFL Labor Day weekend to get us through there. Uh, before you know it, we will be uh, in the midst of another NFL season, and that means fantasy football draft season is here. And God knows there's only one person that we bring on this station when we want to talk 
NFL Fantasy Football. It's another edition of Ask Andy coming up in just moments as we welcome in down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline, our pal, our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, AMC. Good Wednesday, pal. How are you? Oh, gentlemen, it's a great Wednesday. Like you said, we are getting so close. The final cutdown day was yesterday, and now this next week is really all about getting ready for the multiple fantasy football drafts we're all going to have. Absolutely. I got one in the bank. I got two left to go here. We're getting excited. The text line's already filling up with questions, so get them in. 960-960. Our first edition this season of Ask Andy is coming up shortly. Me and PK going to get a couple of the general questions out there for Andy, but then we're going to turn it over to you on the text line. So if you have fantasy football questions, they are already starting to come in on the text line. Get them in as soon as possible. Once again, to 960-960. Andy, let's start with the biggest piece of fantasy football news that's come the last couple of days. It is in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. He's not being traded right now, according to the Colts. He'll start the season on the pup list. If you were someone that drafted Jonathan Taylor already, Uh-oh. what would you do? <laughs> Asking for no reason and in particular. And I guess in yeah, and the backside <laughs> of that, what does this do to Jonathan Taylor's draft stock over the next couple of days? If I uh, already had my fantasy draft, which every year, guys, every year I come on and I say, don't do it. Don't draft before <laughs> the regular, before the preseason's over. And what happened, right? What ha- We get this news. So shame on you if you did and you are stuck with Jonathan Taylor. That's on you. That is probably, that's a, a borderline crippling blow, depending on how else you drafted there. This is going to be a lost year for Taylor, guys, because think about it. He hasn't practiced. He's disgruntled. Uh, he's injured. So he comes back after four weeks. Okay, well, we see all the time, you know, game in and he, a soft tissue injury. Last year, I have Jonathan Taylor on my do not draft list this year because of all those situations. You can't, you can't do it. You're asking for trouble. That, you that, hear that? Yeah, thank you. I heard that. <laughs> um, is, there a, is there a desperation play in either of the running backs in Indianapolis? The names, of course, coming up, Deion Jackson, Zach Moss. Is there any standalone value until we see what happens to start the season? Boy, you got Zach Moss who's banged up. Evan Hall, the rookie. Like it, it is literally with those guys, like end of the draft, it's either you, you know, you, you get an extra of something. If I'm going to have to hope on one, I guess Evan Hall, just because, you know, he's a little bit of an unknown. I feel we kind of know. I like Deion Jackson a little bit and um, in PPR as like a desperation flex during like a bye weekend if you're crippled with injuries. But otherwise, Evan Hall – there's some there's some upside. He can do some three down stuff. So if you have to take one, which again I would recommend not, but if you have to, then I would go with Evan Hall. How do you see the Miami Dolphins running back situation working out right now? It sounded like they were one of the teams potentially interested in Jonathan Taylor. They have an interesting mix of guys there, uh, Andy. Yeah, this is your this is what the trend is and why we're seeing in so many fantasy drafts running backs not going first overall anymore is because of situations like Miami. It is a full-blown committee, and it's ugly. Each guy, uh, the, the first two anyway, uh, Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson Jr., have at times on their own been fantasy relevant. But that could be for a game. It could be for two games. It could be for half of a game. Uh, then you work into Kane. Um, Salvin Ahmad still floating around to steal some touches at some point if he gets healthy. Like, there is just too many. This is a situation where, you know, you probably go Raheem Moster, um, but – 
it should not be in any sort of starting capacity. Like I would only take Raheem Mostert as a depth guy on my bench that I hopefully don't intend to play outside of maybe a bye week. Like I, I, I don't want to rely on any of these running backs. Uh, one question I've seen brought up a lot this year, and it's an interesting way to look at drafting strategies, Andy. When you look at, say, the first couple rounds, who are the safest picks in your mm-hmm. mind in the first couple of rounds as you go through a fantasy draft? First couple rounds, for sure. Like Christian McCaffrey, you know, stock lock, do it. Justin Jefferson, same thing. Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler. Those, uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, because he's pretty much the only <laughs> reliable guy in his position, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of the tip-top layer for me of like, all right, no questions, boom. Then you start getting into guys like, okay, Nick Chubb, going to be a much higher passing offense for the Browns, but Deshaun Watson and head coach Kevin Stefanski have both said, look, Chubb is going to get, he's going to get his, and that's going to be fine. So, okay. You know, Nick Chubb solid. C.D. Lamb is going to get his. A.J. Brown, rock solid. Um, Derrick Henry, not in what he was in years past, but going into round two, yes, that's another guy that I really like. And then you get into, you know, the, the obvious quarterbacks like Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, that type of thing. Andy McNamara is along with us this Wednesday. It's our first edition of Ask Andy coming up in just moments. The questions are pouring in on the text line at 960-960. You still have a chance to get them in if you're listening live. Text us. It doesn't have to be just start-sit questions. If you have draft strategy questions, if you happen to know what pick you are in a draft coming up and you want some advice, throw everything at us. Ask Andy coming up in just a few moments. I'm going to throw things over right now to my co-host, uh, Peter Klein. Um, Andy, I have been perplexed doing some mock drafts in getting ready for uh, the, the season. Um, at how late in the first round Nick Chubb is going. I I think he is still an incredibly talented running back, and he kind of has that backfield all to himself in Cleveland. So um, I guess either do you agree with me, or what am I not seeing when it comes to to Nick Chubb going at the the back end of first rounds this year? No, uh, Pete, you're 100% right. Uh, This is one of the rare cases where he is the guy, and even more so because his immediate backup, Jerome Ford, missed pretty much all of training camp with a hamstring injury. He came back to practice today. Um, But this is a case where they said, and here's something interesting too. This is why, folks, if you're interested in a player, follow the beat writers on Twitter. You get little insights and nuggets like this. So from Nick Chubb, what the uh, uh, running back coach Stunt Mitchell said this year, which is different from passages where Kareem Hunt was there, where Hunt would come on for third downs, he said, when Nick Chubb is on the field, he's going to be on all three downs this year. If they put a backup in for a, a series, they're going to be in all three downs. That means more Nick Chubb. That means that there's going to be more pass-catching opportunities for him as well on third down. So people are getting spooked, and he's dropping in drafts because of it's Deshaun Watson. They're going to be throwing the ball all over the place, which I think they will. But what people aren't realizing is some of those passes are also going to go to Nick Chubb who is an underrated pass catcher and runner in space afterwards. So uh, I, I, I'm looking here overall, looking about ADP, like 11th overall. I think that's a steal. If you're at 11 and you get Nick Chubb, that's a, a potential fantasy game uh, league winner right there. You get that guy. Just wanted to chime in quickly for uh, those of you texting in. If you can add in, if you're uh, drafting in a PPR league, half PPR, mm-hmm. standard scoring, yeah. all of that helps us when we get to ask Andy coming up. Uh, in just a few moments. First day of the season, we're, we're getting back to the rules and regulations yeah. of how this thing happens. Sorry, PK, back to you. <laughs> no, 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 all good. Um, another situation I'm intrigued by is the, the Baltimore receiver room right now with Bateman, mm-hmm. uh, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers. 
Um, I guess if you could kind of rank those for us in terms of guys that you're excited about and want on your team, that would be rather helpful to, to those of us who may draft tomorrow. Well, so here's, here's what I would do guys. Okay. Downgrade overall expectations for the Ravens. Not to say I don't want the, some of the players on them, but downgrade your expectations. And here's why Odell Beckham jr. Okay. You can look this up. This is a fact has not been fantasy relevant since Barack Obama was running the white house. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. Okay. He is a, he'll put on the watches and wear the stuff and make you think he has mind tricks. He makes you think he's still relevant, but he's really not. He, I, and I got to experience this very closely when he was with the Browns is he wants the ball. He thinks he's a star. And if he doesn't get it, he gets upset really fast. Now also news coming out of Baltimore was Mark Andrews, the star tight end. Typically, you know, in fantasy drafts, he'd be your second or third at most tight end off the board. Well, apparently he was throwing the ball or, and, and getting upset, frustrated that in drills, the ball kept going to Odell, OBJ, because he needs his volume or he pouts. So now you have Mark Andrews upset. Odell Beckham gets injured too early. I, I, Bateman, I think Bateman's a better receiver if he was on a different team, a la um, Hollywood Brown, who went to the Cardinals and when Kyler Murray was healthy, uh, got really good. People aren't putting it on Lamar Jackson enough that he's not as good a passer of the football as he thinks he is. He's still, you want him on your fantasy team, Lamar, but I don't want too many options of the receivers, except I think Zay Flowers and PPR looking at him more in a flex role. A lot of touches, I think, because he's so fast and zippy, um, he's going to have an opportunity, but I would fade significantly on OBJ, Rashad Bateman, um, J.K. Dobbins as well, just because Lamar's your best running back too. So he's, you have to put JK Dobbins lower on your depth chart also. And then Mark Andrews probably in the three spot for me. Um, I, I, I worry about saying this next one cause it could get clipped, but I find myself getting a lot of Chicago bears in uh, mock drafts this year. I'm kind of buying into the, this offense, taking a step forward with Justin Fields, um, DJ Moore there as well. I'm, I'm kind of liking what, what Chicago is selling. Um, are you on the, the bears hype train with me? I, I the Bears have gotten better, and it depends where you know how fast the hype train is going. I guess would be my, <laughs> would be my thing. like. I think the Bears have gotten better. I really like Justin Fields, Ohio State guy, um, but I think people are starting to reach a little bit too soon. They have him sort of on the same trajectory, uh, like path as um, a Jalen Hurts from a year ago, and I don't think he's there yet. And I don't think that receiver room is there yet either. Chase Claypool, there was stuff he's doesn't know the playbook and he's and he's he was on uh, what he was doing fashion shows and tiktok chase claypool's a bit of a headache and I, I think dj Moore at this point of his career probably a wr3 nice steady guy you know a guy you want on your team but you don't want to rely on him he's going to get you probably consistently low double digit points nice and consistent but nothing too crazy um the guy i like and he, he might suffer a bit because of the justin fields run factor is khalil herbert I think Khalil Herbert and Cole Komet, they re-upped them, and apparently the chemistry with him and Fields is good. Fields, I think, is getting overdrafted right now. In some drafts, he's going ahead of Justin Herbert. I think that's a little rich right now. Um, now, do I, am I going to be upset if Justin Fields is my fantasy quarterback? No, I think he's going to take a, a nice step forward. But I certainly would rather have a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow ahead of him. All right, uh, that's enough out of uh, me and PK trying to improve our own uh, fantasy rosters. Uh, it's 100% what I was doing. <laughs> it's literally all we were doing. We can't, we can't help ourselves. Uh, the oh, text, text line's full of it, Andy. Uh, let's get back to it. It's our favorite segment of the week. 
Hazam, it's time to hit it. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are back. 960-960. If you're listening live, shoot us a text for Andy McNamara. We'll try to get in as many of these as we can on our first edition of Ask Andy. AMC, you ready to go, pal? Let's do it. The intro's in. Let's go. Uh, Andy, what's the highest you would take Travis Kelsey in the first round? I would take Travis Kelsey as high as four. I would take him that high. I would, it, it would be tough. I'd say probably I'd settle in at five, but I might be able to tie myself into taking him over Jamar Chase. Probably not, but that would be the absolute limit. But if I have the five, so I'm taking Travis Kelsey simply because the drop-off is more significant than any other position group. Yeah. Any other one. Like if you have, if you take Travis Kelsey, you have to fill out the rest of your team, but you're done with tight end. There's a real chance if you wait past the second round of tight end, you're going to be chasing your tail. You're going to be using hashtag Ask Andy each week here on the show <laughs> with you guys asking me, what do we do at tight end? And I can tell you, if you had the five spot, you should have drafted Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mark getting in with a very early starter sit question. He needs two running backs for week one, Andy. Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. Brees Hall, or Isaiah Pacheco? Cut out Pacheco. It's just... <laughs> Consistent, better real life guy than fantasy guy. Uh, I'm in a PPR best ball right now, about to be on the clock. Uh, Romeo Dubs or Zeke? Oh, and you're on the clock. Oh, boy. Oh, Zeke's the backup now. Mm. (laughs) You know what? I'd go, I'd go Dubs. I'd go Romeo Dubs just by a hair, just because Zeke, I think it's, you're going to have Stevenson still with the bulk share. That's tough, though. I'd say, I'd say Dubs. Uh, Andy, I'm in a PPR league. What do you think of the running back situation in Washington? Should I prioritize a Robinson over Gibson? Is Robinson worth grabbing in a sixth or seventh round? Yes. It, it, at that price, at that draft position, absolutely. It, it's tricky because we didn't, we didn't really get any sort of uh, clarification between Gibson and Robinson. Robinson coming back from that, that uh, injury, the shooting injury and all that. You got a young quarterback in. I think there could be room for both of these guys to eat, but Robinson, you got to get priority to. Uh, we touched on Odell Beckham Jr., but what about uh, Alvin Kamara? Where do you have him uh, as he's dealing with a couple of uh, weeks suspension to start the year? <sighs> See, that's, that's another tough one, right? Because Mrs. Time comes back. Injured, you know, could he get injured? Um, I'm not saying you don't draft Alvin Kamara, but you sure it certainly shouldn't be drafting him where you would have in years past as your your RB one. Um, you really have to, I think, start to wait on him. Uh, right now, he's going to be he's about the 25th running back being taken off the boards, even behind guys like James Cook and behind Cam Akers. I mean, I would take him before Cam Akers, but that's where I might try to double dip a little bit and say, okay, if I'm drafting Kamara later, let me at least make sure I'm getting his direct backup, Jamal Williams, who guys we've seen through Detroit and his other stops has been able to stay fantasy relevant in a flex role at the very least for the most part. That's a good point. Uh, Our pal Robin Warman, uh, a regular on the Ask Andy segment, uh, says in a dynasty league, would Calvin Ridley or Bijan Robinson be good picks in the first round? Ooh, Bijan Robinson for sure, Dynasty, because you're getting him at the very start. You're going to be you're getting that. Um, I love Calvin Ridley, and when people ask me who the breakout star is going to be and who might be a little under the radar, Calvin Ridley is always at the top of my list. I think this guy is going to ball out. He can get all the target share. He has nice complimentary pieces around him, 
in Jacksonville, but nobody that's going to steal it. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, they can compliment, but they don't have to be the focus away from him. Uh, I just think the world of Calvin Ridley right now. But if you're if you're going dynasty for longer term, you go with uh, Robinson. But if, if you end up with Calvin Ridley, don't be upset about it. I love this question. I'm looking forward to your answer to this one, Andy. Year one of a keeper league, how does the top? How can I expect the top ten to change drafting year one of a keeper league for the first time? How is it going to look different than a standard league that redrafts every year? Mm, excellent question. Yeah. So in the keeper league format, what you're looking at is kind of that combination of who can help me now, but who can help me down the road as well. So you would, let's say for fun, um, Aaron Rodgers, although he's going lower this year, but Aaron Rodgers or those older quarterbacks would be less valuable in a keeper league than they would in a redraft league because in a year or two, they might be out of the league or on the downturn. So rookie running backs are super hot. Um, tight ends quite often go higher than they would in normal leagues because it takes a few years for uh, tight ends to develop and, and really become playmakers for the most part. So those are a few of the differences there. Uh, and I'm in a half PPR league. Uh, which of these three running backs do you like the most? Madison, Walker, Cook, or Sanders? <clears throat> oh, okay. Give me one more time. Madison, Walker, Walker Cook, Sanders. James Cook. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll lean towards Madison just because, and I know people love James Cook because he's the number one guy in Buffalo, but Buffalo has to show me that they're going to run the ball Yeah. when your name isn't Josh Allen, right? Like they should. I hope they show that progression because I think they, the Bills have to take that next step to commit to the run more so to save Allen. And when the weather gets bad too, to just mix things up. Um, so I'll give Madison a slight edge and put Cook second. Uh, need to pick my second keeper uh, for this year, Andy. Would you lean towards Keenan Allen or Devo Samuel in a PPR league? Mm, boy. That's a tough choice, actually. It, now, now, they say it's a keeper? Uh, yes. Okay. See, Keenan Allen, like, I want to say Debo and, and Keenan Allen, but he's been on the, he's sort of going the Julio Jones route a little bit now, right? We're seeing yeah. a Q beside his name, a D, getting older. He got but. At the same point, if you look at the Chargers, you got kind of the same conversation that you had in previous years with the starters being Allen, Williams, and Palmer. And so Keenan Allen is, is going to get his. Debo Samuel has lost a lot of his effectiveness with Christian McCaffrey. I think he can still get touches with Brock, uh, Brock Purdy, but he's going to be much less effective. So I'll say Keenan Allen with, with hesitation – uh, because if McCaffrey misses any time, I think Debo goes right back into that role. So you could get a bigger upside with Debo, but Allen is probably the safer floor there for you. You've still got a little bit of time left. We're in our first edition of Ask Andy, our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, along with us here on Sportsnet today, 960-960. If you're listening live and you have a fantasy football question, get him in for this edition of Ask Andy. This is an interesting one, Andy. Uh, this texter asking, well, I sold my future last year in a single keeper league, banking on keeping Jonathan Taylor. Obviously not now. So who would you keep between Paris Campbell for a 15th or Donovan Peoples-Jones for a 15th, Zay Jones for an 11th? I keep Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, with the Browns. Contract year is the reason. The ball is going to be thrown a lot more in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Um, and really, when you look at it, the pecking order, it goes with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore slash Donovan Peoples-Jones. Cedric Tillman's going to be on the rise, but not quite yet. So I think the best opportunity there is to get DPJ 
uh, with the Browns based on that increased passing. Uh, any round two running back wide receivers that uh, you like uh, that are sneaking into the second round, Andy? Um, you know what? Who's been falling a lot? And I, you know, I get it because the Texans stink, but like Damian Pierce, like, he didn't all of a sudden start to stink, right? Like Damian Pierce on a Texans team that is still really bad with a rookie quarterback, I think could be quite useful. I, I, I like, I'm feeling quite good about Damian Pierce and, I'll gladly, you know, pick him up. I think he's the 16th running back right now. Yep. Being drafted. Like, you know, that guy flashed quite a bit. And what's a, a, a young quarterback's best friend? Now, C.J. Stroud can run too. Let's not forget that. But um, not necessarily as much as, as others. So uh, with the weapons around him, I think Damian Pearson, the name that really jumps out to me, that you can probably sit patiently. And you have at least an RB2 with uh, some flash potential for RB1. That, uh, that's probably, sorry to no, cut you off, ahead. but that's, that's probably a, a good running back to, to kind of target if you do go, like you said, Travis Kelsey in the first round and are looking for someone who has that, that high upside. If you get a Damian Pierce, uh, if he plays yeah. to what he could be, it's almost like getting like a first or second round running back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're taking, he's going behind guys like Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs in Detroit, behind Ramondre Stevenson in, uh, in New England and Najee Harris, um, ahead of Kenneth Walker and Madison. So, yeah, yeah, like 60, like you can get him probably, gosh, if it's 16 and he's going 40th overall, what's the math there? Like third round? Yeah, depending on your league, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, Try to get through a couple of these quickly so we can get uh, to as many as we can here, Andy. Uh, How are you feeling about Jalen Hurts being a a top two quarterback this year? I love it. Um, At the very worst top three, some combination of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. The scary thing is, guys, the Eagles got better. Yeah. Like, they got younger. They got better. They lost a couple pieces on defense, but they replaced them with young draft picks. And you still kept a veteran like Fletcher Cox to keep things going on that side of the ball. They're one of the most complete teams. We know Jalen Hurts can run, but he got better as a passer. And I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet. And he outplayed. Let's, let's call it like it is. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts did not lose the Super Bowl. And you have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, we talk about teams you want to stack with. Yeah. Like if I can get Jalen Hurts and stack him with AJ Brown or Devonta Smith and or Dallas Goddard, like, boy, I might be looking. I usually don't like taking more than two players on a team. I might make an exception with the Eagles. Uh, keeper Lamar Jackson or TJ Hawkinson standard league. TJ Hawkinson based on scarcity. Um, I have him right now as my number two tight end below Travis Kelsey. You know, Lamar Jackson, again, we named guys. You can get Justin Fields later. You can get Justin Herbert later. You can get Aaron Rodgers, guys, like in the 10th round. Yeah. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be motivated? Here's the stack for you. Garrett Wilson, round two. Aaron Rodgers, wherever you can get him, 8, 9, 10. There's your stack. That, that could be a fantasy league winner combo right there, Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, quickly here, uh, do you have a, a bounce back candidate that you like, Andy, this season? Uh, bounce back. You know what? I'm going to say as far as like a bounce back guy, maybe it's not really a bounce back. Cause I think he's still on the, um, on the up. Um, it's Trevor Lawrence and not that he played badly. He was the QB seven, but I feel he was so, so horribly like wrecked under urban Meyer yeah. that he got deprogrammed by Doug Peterson and then came back. Like it's, it, he's still even with 25 touchdowns last year and over 4,000 yards, 
I don't think he reaches full potential. So he's not going to win, you know, the comeback player of the year. But for a guy who's been, who is like good, that could get better and bounce and come back even further from where he was as a rookie. I think Trevor Lawrence could be exceptional. And and again, I'll, I'll go with the stack option there. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Uh, Andy half PPR. Give me two of these three. Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Jerry, Judy. Mm, Judy spooks me now at the injury. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little scared with Judy now with that injury. Um, quick side note, very late in drafts, get Marvin Mims for PPR. Maybe Ooh. you don't play him. Maybe you don't play him, but have him on your bench. I see him out of the slot, and he could do some special things there. So let's, um, let's cut out Judy based on the injury there and keep the other two. Uh, speaking of Calvin Ridley, him or DK Metcalf in an eight-man league PPR? Oh, I love DK so much. I do. Um, but uh, I just think Calvin Ridley has so much more opportunity in Seattle. You still have to contend with uh, Ty Lockett. You got Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in, yeah. even though he's dinged up a little bit. Can't, and my other question too, can we trust Geno Smith yep. for a second year? That's a big, that's not a given. No. Like I, I hope he does good. It's a great story. I hope he does, but that's not a given. So I'll fade a little bit on DK Metcalf in that regard, but yeah, you know, you're going to be probably okay with either. Uh, we'll end off on this one. I like these. Uh, Andy, I can keep two and lose uh, the pick in the round, obviously, uh, as that goes for keepers. The half PPR league, you can only keep the player for two years. So you can keep two of these three, Andy. Pacheco in round 16, Herbert in round 13, Dotson in round 18. Who was it, Dotson? Yes, Jahan Dotson. Uh, I dropped Dotson. I think he's, you know. I don't. I don't think he's overly special. I'm not. I'm not a huge Dotson guy. I not. You know. I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Not. I, I would go with the other two. I think Dotson is the easier one to replace. So yeah, drop Dotson. Andy, you are simply the best. Uh, I'm so glad we're back doing this, man. It means oh. fa- it means football's right around the corner. Uh, I can't wait to do it again with you on a weekly basis, pal. Thank you for the time as always. Again, you can hit up Andy on Twitter. Use the hashtag #AskAndy at AndyMC81. Uh, you're the best, pal. Can't wait to do this again with you this season. Oh, love it, guys. And thanks to all the listeners and for you for having me on. Always enjoy it. Thank you. Take care. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet 960, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The weekly editions of Ask Andy are back for the NFL season. That was a good one, Klein. Yeah, that was good. I've, I, I took notes. I'm, I'm a bit more Yeah, you, I you saw you're over uh, on your Yahoo app taking yeah. notes. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, the, 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 the media draft that is tomorrow, you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully no one else was listening from that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the rest of them are screwed. We got this. Yeah, I'll just wait until my phone starts. Sales will be on my... Uh, everybody, this is always what happens when you host Ask Andy is you'll have friends texting you. Yeah. You'll have coworkers texting you. So, oh, could you just get that in for Andy? Do the text line, man. Yeah. Or Ask Andy yourself on Twitter, at AndyMC81. Uh, he's one of the best. We love having him here on Sportsnet 960. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to stick with football. Jump to the CFL version. Stampeders getting set for the Edmonton Elks on Labor Day. It's a big matchup for the Calgary Stampeders. They do not want to be caught no. by their provincial rivals. Getting you set on the uh, work week that is for the Calgary Stampeders. Matt Rose has your stamps report. It's next. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.